You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the new Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am your new co-host, Tim Capper, along with my other new co-host, Cliffy D. How are hey. you, new, new Cliff? Oh, new Tim. I am so excited. <laughs> it's a brand new era. Oh, there you go. You threw it in there. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> I, I, I could, how, how could I not? How could I not? Yeah. It's a brand new era here at the Alouette's Flight Deck. I am so excited. Season six is now officially underway, ladies and gentlemen. And I could not be more stoked to be able to get on here with my man, Tim. We're going to start talking more Alouette's football. Whether or not we have a season, I don't care. We're just going to talk football. And y'all are going to listen. And you're going to enjoy it. And we're going to have fun. Let's say, dude, we're we're gonna gonna, if we could do it last year, we can do it this year, considering how much of a dumpster fire 2020 was. <sighs> well, dumpster fire, I think, uh, is putting it very, very mildly. Yes. It, it was definitely a year to forget. I mean, we, I, I will say, though, we did have some very good episodes and we were able to talk with a few folks mm-hmm. and it was definitely good. But I, I think our, I, I think we were a little tempered with a lot of our enthusiasm because we just didn't know what was happening until no. finally the, the other shoe fell and then the season got canceled and that kind of put uh, a bit of a dark cloud over things. But you know what? That was then. This is now. We're looking forward. We're thinking positive, and we want you folks along for the ride. Yeah. And uh, what's all this new new stuff about? Um, as as we announced last week, because we are taping this on a Wednesday as we speak, um, as we announced last week on Friday, uh, the the new branding for the Alouettes podcast, for the Alouettes Flight Deck podcast, it was, to me, I always say it was a long time coming, nothing against the initial logo that we had, but I felt with the opportunity that we had and who we were able to work with in order to get this thing the right way because we went through a few iterations of what it was i am it's funny of all the podcasts that i've been a part of cliff i honestly can say one that i have helped design this is some this is the, a logo that i have wanted the most and it looks i, I just love our new branding mm-hmm. no i think our our old logo served its purpose for what we wanted to get going with the first for the first five seasons of this podcast but yeah, I mean, we we got to keep growing. We got to keep evolving. We got to change with the times. And I think it was just the right time for us to kind of refresh things. And as you can see, like we still kept a lot of the elements that made our old logo pretty cool. And we just kind of bumped it up a little bit, I guess. I guess sort of leveled up, if you will. Like mm-hmm. I think to me, that's uh, that's the best way to describe this new logo of ours. And it pops. I mean, it really pops. And I think uh, I'd say the feedback I've gotten back so far has been extremely positive and uh, i think a lot of people are really excited as to where we can go with this and i personally am very excited to see just how far we can take this new logo and this new identity so to speak of the LOS flight deck yeah for sure and um you know i i just had to you know i've done teasers before but who who, you know what podcast what does a podcast do teasers for a logo well we did and <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah, we went there. Yeah, and I think I think it went well because you really couldn't tell what it was, uh, which is which is really the point of it. So, um, 
but it got people talking, which is nice. I mean, and that's the thing, especially in off season for the Canadian Football League, where things are still very much up in the air, and there always seems to be just more questions than answers lately. But when it comes to promoting a podcast for the Canadian Football League for one of their teams, the fact that we were able to go out and do that to put out these teasers and get people talking and wondering what the heck are those guys up to. That was fun. Like that was exciting. And oh, to, yeah. me, to be able to present that final product and it's like, boom, here you go. Brand new logo. Have at it. And yeah, it was it was definitely a lot of fun and definitely something I was glad to be a part of. And as I said, I, I just can't overstate how how much I'm looking forward to seeing just how far we can go with this new look and this new identity, if you will. And uh I'm excited, folks, yeah. I, and I hope you are too. Yeah, the iteration, the final iteration of of, of what the A Wing logo was was the initial one was fine. I know nobody had seen the behind the scenes stuff, um, but the the final version of the A Wing, yeah, really, as I think what what impressed me the most, you know, you know, we're not we're not the type of, of people who will say, you know, there's there's meaning behind this, that, and the other within the logo, you know, like the. Uh, you know the, the the lines in between. You know the, the, there are six wings. It's our sixth year. You know, <laughs> you know the feathers. Uh, there's an F built into the uh, to each of the wings, heading you know either back front facing frontwards or facing backwards. Um, no, it's not all about that. But you know, trying to throw those little bit of teasers. You know things like that in there. Whether it means something or not, eh, you know what? It, it's still it's it's a nice logo. And I think for us, Cliff, I think it, it comes down to. Um, the people that we had help with this logo. And I think that's, that's all that matters, right? Oh, without question. I mean, like we could not have done this alone and we're just so grateful for the opportunity to work with some extremely talented people to come and bring this vision to life. And again, I, I, I just can't overstate just how awesome it is to be able to have an official looking logo. That is just, it, it just looks sharp. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It looks sharp and I'm really excited to, as I said before, I'm really excited to see just how far we can go with this and how we can sort of take that next step as as we continue our podcasting career for the for the Alouettes flight deck. Exactly. And uh, uh, shout out and a sincere uh, amount of gratitude to uh, Sebastian Boulanger uh, over at Garden, uh, the same company that actually helped uh, design the current um, branding for the Alouettes um, for his his design expertise. And also, we have to at least give a shout out for Greg. Uh, what uh, Greg on sports? What's Greg's last name? Sorry, Greg. Um, Greg Greg McCullough. Yeah. Or as you know him on Twitter at Greg on sports. Yeah. yeah. And also part of the Piffles podcast. Yeah. So we definitely give gotta give those guys a shout out as well. I uh, definitely appreciate Greg's uh, help and uh, insight with this as well. And uh, yeah, we. As I said, we couldn't have done it without both Sebastian and Greg offering up their uh, their expertise mm-hmm. with this. So once again, thank you so much, gentlemen. We definitely, definitely appreciate yeah. it. And so before we move on, just to at least mention uh, that, as you know, you've seen we have we are having merchandise coming out. Um, it will be available. Um, uh, actually, it's available now. Um, but uh, I will let everybody know that. If you ha- it's on our main page show page over at alouettesflightdeck.ca, the link is there. But I will give it here, and if you stay tuned to the end of the show, there'll be a special discount code for everybody who goes through the entire episode. Um, but if you head over to teespring.com/stores/alouettealsflightdeck. You will be able to go there and see of all, all of our merchandise. And once Cliff and I get some into, we're gonna make sure that we 
you know, that we promote it and, and, and show you guys what it looks like. But again, uh, teespring.com slash stores slash Al's flight deck. And as I said, stay, stay tuned for the, uh, for the end of the show for a, uh, for a limited time discount code. You know, we tape on a Wednesday. There are some, <laughs> we're lucky, you know, to have all this information that's come out as of late. Um, big bombshell, which we will talk about a little bit later. Um, it, it, you know, it is CFO related, but yeah, I think since our last show, there has been quite a bit of change when it came to more people that have been added to the roster. And I know, Cliff, that you wanted to at least mention and go over some of the names of the newest Alouettes uh, that we are hoping to have and be able to see in camp whenever that starts. Mm-hmm. Well, as as you know, free agency always kicks off at the start of February and the Alouettes and pretty much all nine teams were busy with, with free agency. And it was so tricky this year because, yeah, players were signed in free agency last year, but some of those players essentially just gave their signature to the team and never actually suited up for the team. So it was kind of interesting. There's some guys that can say they were Alouettes, but they were Alouettes in name only. And they you could pretty much say that for a lot of the teams in the CFL, which is yeah. just one of those wacky things that makes this league what it is. But uh, this year in free agency, uh, I think Danny Machocha kind of realized uh, just the kind of he, he, he really wanted to put more of his vision of this team as to what what he wants to see on the field in 2021. Uh, there's been a couple, I'm not going to go through all the names and everything like that because that could be another show in, in and of itself. But mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to touch on some of the players that we did manage to sign. And I'm very excited about uh, seeing in Alouette's colors. Uh, most notably, a uh, bit of a return, if you will, but uh, Chris Aki is back with the Alouettes. After an outstanding 2019 season, uh, he decided to go back home, so to speak, and sign with the Argonauts in 2020. But lo and behold, he never actually took the field for Toronto, becoming a free agent once again and re-signing with the Alouettes. So this is now, I believe, Chris's third ter- third tour of duty with the Alouettes. And I'm thrilled because the guy is a baller. We, we I don't have to explain how great Chris Aki is because he's definitely been such a phenomenal player over the years for the Alouettes. And to see him back in Alouettes blue and red is definitely exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, Patrick Levels who actually left the team, same, same as Aki did, went and signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but once again, essentially is a Tiger Cat in name only. Uh, I'm very excited to see him back with the Alouettes because he was just absolutely phenomenal. He played at an all-star level. He was just an absolute force on the defense. And knowing that Levels is back with his team again in 2021, uh, just outstanding. Uh, it's just definitely uh, being able to land him again was definitely a coup. Uh, we almost had Siante Evans to go with him, but uh, he decided to go the Patrick Levels of 2020 route and signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, which is disappointing because would have loved to seen both Siante and Patrick back in that Elwood's defense. But, uh, well, it just wasn't meant to be. It, it was close, but uh, Hamilton kind of swooped in at the last minute with a much better offer, and uh, Siante decided to go, uh, you know, see if the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> It happens, folks. What, what what can you say? <laughs> but uh, we did manage to land a few other uh, 
key pieces, which I think are going to be very exciting. Uh, Almondo Sewell is now a Montreal Alouette. After several years of success out in Edmonton, uh, he is now going to be part of this defensive line, which is very exciting. I'm very curious to see just how well he's going to fit into this uh, this new look uh, defensive line for the Alouettes. Uh, joining him on said defensive line is another former member of the Edmonton Football Club, Nick Usher. Now this I'm very excited about because this guy is... Is he's got such a high motor and he's just an outstanding player. He actually went to the Las Vegas Raiders in 2020, so he's actually got a little bit more football experience on the defensive line as opposed to like a, little, a few more reps on him. So I can tell that he's going to be raring to go once the uh, once the season gets underway. So I'm really excited to see what Usher and Sewell can do for the Alouettes on that defensive line. Uh, shocker, Tim, I, 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 are you sitting down for this? Yes. The Al- the Alouettes have signed a lot of Quebec-born players. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I'm surprised too. I, I, I can't no. believe that. Uh, well, you know, you know, Danny Machocha is he is using uh, his you know his coaching prowess and his advantage of being a former Caribbean head coach. So why not bring in the players that he taught and he coached, right? Coached with or coached against because he didn't. A lot of the players that uh, were signed just happened to be from Quebec. He didn't necessarily have to play for the University of Montreal, right, right, but. Right. Uh, but, it, I mean, it certainly helped because he did sign quite a few former Caribbeans. Uh, most notably is a player who technically was an Alouette once upon a time. Uh, that would be David Foucault. He played for the University of Montreal, uh, was drafted actually by Jim Pop back in the day, but uh, never actually played for the Alouettes. Went to the NFL, and then when he decided to come back and continue his uh, CFL career, decided to go to the – or he actually was traded, I should say, sorry, to the BC Lions – uh, after a few years there, he is now back home and now will be a part of this offensive line for Montreal. So I'm curious to see how he's going to fit in with the uh, the current group that we have now. Uh, also joining him on the offensive line is uh, former Ottawa Red Black, uh, Jason Lozon-Seguin. Uh, this guy, former Grey Cup champion with the Red Blacks. Uh, he's definitely uh, played some very good football for the Laval Rouge Or, And uh, now he's going to have a chance to come home and kind of prove that he belongs in the conversation as well. So I'm I'm very excited to see how he can do because when I saw him in his draft year in 2016, I thought that would be a very good fit for the Alouettes. And, well, it took about five years or so, and, you know, he had to go get his experience elsewhere. But uh, better late than never, as they say. So now I'm really excited to see what uh, Jason Lozosega can do here in Montreal. Uh, like I said, there's you know quite a few others. Like I said, we're not going to go through all the players, but there's def- those are just some of the highlights, if you will, for free aging. We'll see when it comes to the Alouettes, except for one name. Right. And there's a very interesting little segue we're going to do here because uh, this gentleman not only signed with the Alouettes, but we will be speaking with him very shortly. Nate Ajay, formerly of the Edmonton Football Club and former Toronto Argonaut, is now one of the national receivers for your Montreal Alouettes. Uh, after a, a very productive career out in Edmonton, uh, he did the same thing that a lot of people have done, go and sign with the hometown team, only to never play it down for them, at least in 2020. So the opportunity came up for him to sort of see where else he can go. And for so many reasons, he decided to come to Montreal. And we talked about that with him. And uh, we're definitely excited to have him join us here on the flight deck. And we're definitely excited to have you all hear what Nate has to say about now becoming a member of the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah. So it, it did such a great intro there, Cliff. 
Um, let's go ahead and get to the interview. And uh, when we get back, uh, there's a little uh, XFL, CFL news to talk about and uh, a lot more. And to talk with us, this episode is uh, uh, one of the newest members of Alouette's Nation. Uh, he comes to us via the way of, well, well, we'll ask him. It's kind of a weird 2020, as everybody knows about, but it, newest wide receiver in the J. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on. Excited to be joining Alouette's Nation. And uh, once again, thanks for having me on. Excited. Dude, um, what I wanted to ask you, and we usually ask this of all of our, 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 you know, our players that we have on the podcast, um, we, we know you went to the University of Buffalo uh, in college, but what really, what what was the what was the the final nail, so to speak, that really made you say, you know what, I'm going to have fun playing in the CFL? Ooh, that is a great question. Well, obviously, you know, being a Canadian kid, I grew up, you know, watching the league, watching uh, all the uh, you know, star players, you know, back in my day, like uh, guys like Arlen Bruce, and you know, guys that played, you know, even earlier. I remember Doug Flutie. Uh, Mookie Mitchell, you know, guys like that, that, you know, made football and especially the CFL football really exciting. So I always grew up, you know, with the idea that, you know, one day I would love to, you know, play in the league um, and experience some of those things that, you know, my favorite players were, were, were going through. Just, you know, watching all the fan bases across the country, watching how people embrace this league, everything about it, even the way the players interacted with uh, the fans. Like I remember being a kid and going to Argonaut practices and, you know, having the players, you know, come up to me and, and interact with me and ask me questions. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was really special to me. And it was something that, you know, I, I took with me for, uh, took with me everywhere I went and it stuck in my head as something that I wanted to, you know, do when I was uh, older and, uh, and I had the opportunity to play in the league. So it's, um, that it started early, man. This uh, nail in the coffin to know I wanted to play in the league, man. It started early, and you know, fortunately enough for me, I've been able to you know play in the league and for you know a few years. I think I'm going on my seventh year now. It's, I can't tell what 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 time or what day of the month it is, but um, <laughs> yeah, play for a little bit here and um, and excited to continue to do what I love to do first and foremost, and you know, trying to give back to the game that you know has given a lot to me. Yeah, for sure. Now, in high school, by the way, did you play three down ball or four down ball? Over over St. Joseph, we played four. Yeah, it's been a while, but we played four down ball. Okay, uh, if I remember correctly, yeah, we played four down ball. Okay, now obviously in the NCAA is played with four down ball also. So, what was your initial yeah. experience like coming into the CFL and playing three down ball for the first time? Yeah, man, it's interesting because I'm Canadian, right? And I get to camp, and obviously I've watched the CFL, and you understand, you kind of understand the rules and how it works, but you don't really get it until like you start doing it, you start waggling, you start you know, the, the, the play clock is only 20 seconds and, you know, you really get the feel for how quick the game is, how fast it moves and, you know, have to you know, time your waggle. So I remember my first training camp and, you know, coming from NCAA where you're standstill, you know, everything, the field is smaller, everything is, you know, bang, 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 you know, fast, fast, quick. Um, it's, it's a huge adjustment, right? For especially, um, you know, the, the expectation for me was like, everybody's like, yeah, you're Canadian, you know, just get in right in there and, and do it. Like, nobody's really explaining to you, you know, how to waggle or, you know, how to do all these little things that, you know, they think you should be able to do. So it was a little bit of adjustment for sure. But you just, just like anything, right? Like uh, we're all professional athletes and, you know, the, the thing that makes us special is we're able to adapt and, and learn on the fly. So that's, 
you know, something that, you know, it took me by, it shouldn't have taken me by surprise, but <laughs> actually getting the opportunity to do it, it really, it, it's really, really different. And, um, you know, it's a different game. It's really, it really is a different game, um, even though it is football. But uh, it took me a while, like, it's like, you know, obviously my first couple of years, I didn't really play that much. So it took me really to, to get to Edmonton and kind of understand the game. It took me like four years to, you know, actually start playing and, and consistently. So, yeah, it took me a while to learn. And um, and I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a master now, but, you know, I'm a little bit more experienced and, and I understand it a little bit more. What was the so big- what you're saying, so, sorry, so what you're saying is like most overnight successes, it took you a long time to get to where you had to be. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's funny, though, the thing I, I always uh, laugh about, about overnight success, there's no such thing as overnight success to me, because, you know, that dude has been, you know, it's not like he woke up one day and decided to work on his craft, right? He's been working years and years and years without people seeing it. So that's, uh, yeah, overnight success is a funny thing to me. But I wasn't even an overnight success, man. I was like a, you know, two-year, two-month, you know, like extended extended uh, uh, success, uh, if you want to call it that. But, yeah, that's uh, it's funny, man. It's, it's The CFL, it's a different game. It's a lovely game. But once you can get it, it's so much fun, man. Um, as I said, you probably mostly everybody will remember you for being the wide receiver with the with the Edmonton Eskimo. Uh, sorry, Edmonton Football Club. Um, yeah. What? Um, but what was it like though, being a basically a hometown kid being drafted by the by your Argos? It was cool. It was really cool, especially because you know, growing up, that's you know your hometown team. So like, you get you know access to the, you know players, and you go to a lot of games, and that becomes your favorite team, right? Growing up, so it was like the coolest thing ever. And I'm sure. You know, a lot of the guys that are from the, 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 the are from Quebec, and they, if they get obviously get drafted by the Alouettes, like they that you know that's a that's a huge um, moment for them, their families, right? So it was the same for me. Like everybody I knew, um, for our friends, coaches, teachers, you know, family, like everybody was really excited because I'd be really close to home, and it was a team that you know they all knew, right? So. It's um it's probably the same thing all around the country. You know, if guys from Saskatchewan, Regina or Saskatchewan get drafted to you know, the Riders, you know, whole family, everybody they know in their circle is, you know, really excited. And, you know, that's how it was for me. And I was really excited, Um, you know, wanted to – it's different when you play for your hometown team. Obviously, you know, whatever team you play for, you're going to go hard, right? But when yeah. you play for your hometown team, there's a lot that comes with it, right? Because, you know, you'll have, you know, people that you know day in and day out at every game. You have ticket requests. Um, you know, media requests, just different things that come with it, and it's it's a really cool it's a really cool thing to go through. Um, and unfortunately, I got an opportunity to you know to go through that. But I've always had most of my 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 best success not at home, so I'm looking forward to continue that with that led. For sure. Um, your first two years in the league, and when you first got to camp, who was the player that you were drawn to the most on the Argos staff? The one that really took you under mm-hmm. your wing. Yeah, it was, you know, a couple guys like Chad Owens and then Andre Dury. And it was really because I had uh, a relationship with them before I had uh, gone on the team, right? Because they were, you know, the guys, both of the guys lived in Mississauga, the same city I'm from, right? And, you know, we'd see them, you know, at uh, a place that we all trained at, at the Hershey Center. And, you know, from when I was in high school, those guys were, you know, giving me tips and, you know, so we forged a relationship like that. But when I got to camp, they, they took it to another level. They really took me under their wing and, you know, kind of helped me because they, they had vested interest in, in, in seeing that I, I made the team and, you know, did well because they had seen me grow you know, for, from a young age. So, you know, definitely those two guys were you know, two of the guys that I, you know, stuck onto and, and, and provided that veteran 
leadership for me and you know i'll probably never forget it and probably if it wasn't for them i probably wouldn't even made that team that year because they were uh, it was some uh tough training camp days man but they were always telling me you know keep your head in it it's okay you know we've had tough days too you know so you know hearing kind of stuff like that from them it, it really gave me a lot of confidence and you know, you know to, to stick with it I'm, I'm sure it also helped too here you know a guy like chad owens who who came from the arena league game itself being able to get to the yeah. cfl and become a star i'm sure that made quite an impression Absolutely, yeah, and you watch it, like, even, you know, watch that guy just run, man, and even in a training camp setting, it's just electric, everything he does is electric, right, they don't call him the flying Hawaiian for nothing, so <laughs> a guy like that is able to, you know, talk to you and, 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 and tell you ways to get better and ways to, to, to improve your game, you, you know, you take it because, you know, that guy, he's he really, you know, done everything in this game, right, returning kicks, you know, been an MOP, um, you know, like, all-purpose yardage kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. So when a guy like that talks, you definitely listen. Yeah. Um, obviously, a very strange past couple of years, especially for you being, you know, an athlete and then football is, it is, you know, it is one of your, your jobs. Um, explain, because I, I, before we did the interview, I was watching an interview that was done by CBC with you when you were with the Argos last year. And you were asked the question, I think it was, uh, what should you be doing at this time of the year? And you said, well, we, you should be, we should be getting ready for the playoffs. Um, but mm-hmm. what, what was 2020 like? Because, you know, you look at your, you know, if when the 2021 CFL player cards come out, do you expect yourself <laughs> to be seen being a Toronto Argonaut in 2020 or being it that it's just such a weird year? Do you think it would just go Edmonton 20, up to 2019 and then Montreal 2021? Yeah, they. Uh, if I'm a sports card company, I'm probably not even adding. Uh, I'm gonna save myself some ink, you know, save myself <laughs> some uh, uh, <laughs> some money there, and just leave out 20, 2020 because it was such a weird year. There's no point even you know putting that in there because then it just raises questions like, yo, what what happened? Like the whole league just didn't play, and it just you might as well just save yourself and, and not even put that in there. So yeah, it would. I think it should just go from Toronto, Edmonton, and then Montreal. You know, it just. Uh, let's see, because uh, a few guys did move. Uh, yeah, Chris Aki was in Toronto, uh, then, and then uh, Edmonton, same as me, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just no point in even putting it in there because it just it, it's just, I don't, to me it's a bad look. But it's like why why even bother? You know, I mean, we didn't play the league, didn't play, nothing happened, so there's no point. Do you feel that all that you did for your, I guess your, I guess interview process and speaking with the coaches and and stuff like that for free agency last year? really was all for mm-hmm. naught or do you find that the experience really helped you you know going into the fact that you you know you went through free agency again and you're now a Montreal Alouette yeah no I you know what I always look at everything as a, a positive right everything mm-hmm. happens for a reason so you know going through that whole experience getting to you know sign back home uh talking to the coaches you know reconnecting with pinball which is huge right because that's a, a huge figure in the city you know, rekindling some of the same relationships that uh, I had, you know, especially the equipment managers um, were all um, there when I was there, right? Mm-hmm. So it just it was really fun. It was a really cool experience to just reconnect with a lot of the same people in the building and, um, and, and, and you know, just continue to build those relationships because I hadn't seen a lot of them in, I think, four or five years, right? So it was really cool. And I take that, I take it all, you know, because the CFL is such a small league, right? So you never know who's going to be, you know, on your team or not on your team from year to year, right? So yeah. I uh, I always try to take my time and, and um, you know, build those relationships that, you know, I have because you just never know. And I, I like to meet people, too. So the new people that I met on Toronto, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to do that. 
um, especially Coach Dinwiddie. I'd never talked to him before, and just to talk about you know his philosophy and see how he sees the game. It's all it's all an experience, and one day I'm going to be able to talk about it, especially if I'm in the media, right? Hey, you know, I actually signed to a team for a whole year and never played a game for yeah. them. You know what I mean? So. I think it's uh, it, it's very interesting. It's all an experience, and I never really take anything as you know positive or negative. I'm not like I would never look at it as a negative experience. I look at it as an experience. You can either learn from it, you can or, or grow from it, right? So I um, I appreciate that that you know what, what year I spent on the team, but not actually on the team, but right. kind of on the team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it's all it's all good. It's all good to me. I'm just excited about the, the future now. Sure. And speaking of Montreal, um, what, in your opinion, what do you think was the one thing that made you say, I need to be a Montreal Alouette? You know what it was? Actually, it wasn't even anything on the field. But watching them last year was really exciting, especially the way they were such a resilient team, right? They were never out of any guy. I just remember the, you know, the Calgary game when they came back with the Winnipeg game, because mm-hmm. at one point in that Winnipeg game, it was, it was like 30, 30 something to seven. And uh, those those guys unbelievably uh, were able to come back. It was such a long time ago, so I'm might be missing some of the details. But just the way BA was able to stick in that pocket, and his confidence never wavered, right? And that was and you know Kahari on the sidelines, Coach Jones on the sidelines. You watch him, and his confidence never wavered, and just had belief. You know, I know Enoch, and uh, you know obviously. You know, he's in free agency now, but just the way he was able to rally the fellas, it was, it was unbelievable. Guys yeah. were making plays left right. I remember Wenicky, like, made a play that was, the ball was supposed to be dropped, mm-hmm. but he, like, you know, dope for it. It was for someone else, and he happened to be in the right spot at the right time, dope for it, <laughs> and caught it. And just watching, you know, those guys always make plays, and obviously we played them, we played them twice, and uh, uh, they beat us uh, our first time, but we were able to come back and beat them in the playoffs. That was a tough team. So, you know, and this offseason, I was able to, you know, like, um, I don't know you're going to say I had a podcast and I was able to talk to Vernon Adams. And, you know, I never talked to Vernon before, just, you know, before, after the games, it's the regular pleasantries, right? Right. But that dude is, is special, man. And, you know, the way he has an ability to, you know, you know bring people uh, along, you know, get along with everybody and, and, and connect with guys. And he's a special talent because how many CFL quarterbacks do you know that can get it done with their legs? And just as good as their arm, like he can, his arm, legs are as good as some receivers, you know, uh, running back. But he can throw it as well as you know the top quarterbacks in the league. And I think that's the ultimate weapon uh, you, uh, to have a quarterback. And you know that's something that really excited me because a guy like that, you're never out of any game. You guys saw that last year. You're never out of any game. Yeah. Uh, and in the CFL, you know these games, they're they're unbelievably uh, crazy and. Uh, that's, that's, that's a team that you want to be on a team like the up, on the up and up, um, you know, especially the last couple of years, man, just building that momentum. And then it, now it's just kind of, you know, you can see, you know, they're building for that, you know, deep playoff run and then they're great cup. So it's, uh, it's a lot. I know I just rambled off a lot, but it's just <laughs> an exciting time to be, uh, you know, in Alouette for sure. Hey, you're on our roster. That's all that matters, man. You're on our roster. <laughs> You, you have chosen wisely yes. to join us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I feel much better now. <laughs> uh, Nate, I want to ask you something about uh, being a, a national receiver. Now, typically with the Alouettes, I mean, you, you know what this receiving core is all about. The national position, it's an important one, but at the same time, it almost feels like, I don't want to say given the short shrift necessarily, but there are times where it just doesn't feel like the national receiver is always the targeted receiver. Yeah. 
what do you think yeah. you're going to bring to the Alouettes in 2021 that's going to make you that guy all of a sudden? You know what? I, I was actually thinking about this uh, yesterday and, uh, you know, thinking about watching the Alouettes. And I, for me, I like to keep up with a lot of the national receivers in the league and see how they're doing, how they're progressing. And, you know, I noticed where in Montreal, there's, you know, the national position was kind of a, you know, afterthought a little bit. And, um, you know, it's just something that, you know, I obviously, you know, had a, had a uh, good year last year. So, you know, I mean, I hope in the coach's mind, they're like, okay, yeah, this guy can obviously get it done. And that's where it starts, right? The coaches have to have belief in the guys, uh, call certain plays, you know, the quarterback has to have a certain level of chemistry with the guys. Um, so I don't know the answer to that. That's going to come on the coaches because a lot of times, you know, you know, plays get called, um, you know, for, for a reason, right? You're, you're always, going to put your best players in the positions to make the plays and you have to prove yourself you know as a player nothing is going to be handed to you so like it's going to start in training camp where you know i gotta win my one-on-ones you know to give those coaches confidence because they have they've seen me on tape but they've never seen me live so you know i gotta win my one-on-ones and i gotta do all seven on seven and then when it's you know the team here you know gotta excel right and it just starts little by little you know continue to make plays and the more plays you make the more plays they call for you right so um, that's something I'm excited to do. It's a, it's a process. I know uh, it's a process that uh, I've done before and I expect to do it again. So that's something that I hope to change in Montreal and hopefully, uh, you know, fans of Montreal can have a, a national receiver to cheer for. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you doing to stay in shape? Because I know that Vernon is supposed to be getting a whole bunch of the American receivers together for a little session out uh, in his neck of the woods. But what are you doing personally to sort of be on that same level since you can't quite cross the border and join Vernon and the rest of the guys? Yeah, a great question. Well, uh, obviously the regular uh, training routine, I got two little kids. So like I'm up at like 5 a.m., you know, four days a week training. And then I got a Peloton um, at home. A friend of mine actually, you know, has a, you know, made a garage gym, right? And it's perfect because he's got, you know, a state-of-the-art treadmill and, um, you know, a lot of a lot of equipment in there that, you know, he's built from scratch throughout this pandemic. So it's been like my best friend has been, um, it, it's been amazing because I've been able to, you know, get some training in with him. And um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable lucky because I know not everybody has the opportunity. So, you know, doing that, you know, getting on the uh, Peloton bike, like I said, you know, trying to stay in shape. But the, the number one thing that keeps you in shape and you guys, you know, you guys could take this tip with you is when you have kids and you just, you know, put them on a the field and have them chase you around because they never get tired and you will get tired. <laughs> so you, you got to keep pushing like it's the fourth quarter. So that's that's probably the number one thing I've been doing this day in shape, playing with the little kids. So that's a pretty good cardio right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. They never stop, man. Energizer bunnies. Have you, have you, for, are you using a jugs machine to keep, keep you know, for practicing uh, your catches and stuff like that? Or do you know a, a local quarterback that you've been able to – to practice with oh yeah uh so both of those things actually so i have a uh, i have a little camp for um you know uh boys that uh, i have a little camp for boys that um play football learn football play touch football so i i play catch with them almost uh, like we have two sessions per week so i play catch with them almost every day so i'm catching and then we have we have this local uh uft quarterback that um goes to the same field as my daughter's school so mm-hmm. after school we wake up and you know he's there throwing me passes while I wait to pick up my my daughter from school. So it's been I've been pretty lucky, man, to have uh, some resources around for me to you know kind of keep me in shape. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. And obviously, it, it is it you know it once you're able to actually get together with your entire you know all your new teammates, it'll obviously be it'll be a lot better because then you can see 
Vernon's tendencies or or Schultz's tendencies, yeah. and you'll be able to be able to go from there. Absolutely, yeah. That's you know that's one thing I'm looking forward to because you can't ever yeah you, know, you guys heard this probably a million times you can never replicate like the CFL game or being in camp or being at practice. It's something you just got to live through, right? So. That's one thing I'm anxious about. I'm hoping, you know, we got some news today about you know, the possible XFL CFL merger, but I want to, I want to you know them to tell us a date for this year so we can figure out, you know, how to you know, plan stuff and, and get excited about some stuff. So, uh, yeah, like you said, like you got to wait, you got to really like be in camp or be with, you know, your quarterback to really understand like how he likes to throw the ball, what he likes to do, what he, how, when he scrambles, where he wants guys to be, um, and then build that chemistry and that, that stuff can't be replicated over zoom or, you know, over the phone. That's gotta be in person. No, for sure. No, for sure. What, um, you know, you're, you're, everything is signed. You know, you're now going to be, you know, you now announced as the Montreal Alouette. Um, what was one fear that you want to put aside by coming to Montreal? Something, cause you've played in Montreal, obviously. But is, yeah. was there anything that was, you know, gnawing at you? Like, you know what? I've got to deal with this to get over a quote unquote fear, or I have to go to this certain place to eat this type of food that whatever, what was the one thing that you thought of when it came to Montreal specifically? Man, I, there was never fear about coming to Montreal. Montreal is my favorite trip on, you know, the CFL schedule because it's, it's literally like a European city. It's a, like the feel it's, it's just different. Everybody, I, I just found everybody to be really nice in Montreal, mm-hmm. not not saying that they're not nice anywhere else, but this is the vibe of the city is different. The food is amazing. Um, the only I do have a fear actually. I, I, no, I, the fear is I didn't pay enough attention in grade nine French, and <laughs> that that was uh, <laughs> I I should have paid more attention because if I knew I was going to be an Alouette, I would have probably ate that class, right? So you know, right now I'm I got a, my, one of my best friends, Alex Dupuis, uh, who plays for like uh, Caravans. He, uh, you know, just talking to him. And, uh, you know, even before I was on team, every time we, uh, you know, we were teammates for a long time in Toronto, that Edmonton, but, you know, he, he speaks French with his French teammates. I'm like, bro, when you see me, man, don't speak, Fr- don't speak English, man, speak <laughs> French. So we tried it, it lasted about like 10 minutes. And I was like, oh man, okay, just speak English now. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm picking his brain, trying mm-hmm. to, you know, pick up, you know, try to, try to say some sentences. You know, I could say, you know, regular things like obviously bonjour, come off of that. Uh, ça va bien, you know, like stuff like that, Kaskaste, you know, mm-hmm. it's just regular stuff, but I'm trying to expand my game a little bit where I can not have a conversation because that's tough, but, you know, say phrases, say mm-hmm. sentences, and then, you know, keep building. And then hopefully by the Great Cup, you know, I can do an interview in French, you know, yeah. that's, that's a goal I have. So we'll see. Well, I, I can tell uh-huh. you this, and Cliff will, 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 he'll agree with me on this sentiment, sentiment is that. If no matter if you speak one or two words or or just one phrase to the French fan base, yeah. they they will like you forever. And it's and it's not just because, <laughs> and it's not because it's not necessarily that you know you're an English Canadian in Montreal. It's that you are willing and open to try to speak with them in their native tongue. And I think I think that that goes a mm-hmm. long way. That we and we whenever we speak with any players who are coming in from the U.S., we just try to tell them yeah. that it's like. The team will give you a chance to take, you know, to take uh, to take lessons, but the smallest thing means that so much for the fans, especially the little fans. Yeah, yeah, and Man, as you spend time in the city as well. That. Yeah, yeah, 
as uh, the more time you spend in the city, the more you get immersed in it, you're, it's just going to come naturally. I mean, like you said, you will not be speaking full on conversations and no one's expecting you to, but just as long as you're able to just get by and communicate a little bit, believe me, a little bit definitely goes a long way when it comes to speaking French in Montreal mm -hmm. from someone coming in from English Canada or United States. It yeah. doesn't matter. As long as you make the effort, people are willing to give you all the time in the world. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm very excited about that because, you know, obviously, uh, you know, like you said, coming from English Canada, like I never have to think twice about, you know, words or th uh, any, like what I have to say to anybody because mostly everybody speaks English. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm excited for you know the challenge because I remember grade nine math. I mean, grade nine uh, French, but I, you know, obviously I <laughs> forgot so much <laughs> I so long ago, but I'm excited to try to learn again because it's so cool. Like, you know, in the CFO locker room, though, you have your, you know, French Canadians and to see them like the pride they have to you know, have another French Canadian with them and, mm -hmm. you know, that speaking uh, their, their, you know, their native tongue is, it's so cool to see. Right. And, you know, like I said, one of my best friends is, is French Canadian. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm not, not to say I'm used to it, but I'm like, excited to, you know, kind of reimmerse myself in, in that and, and try to learn as much as I can because, you know, I, I'm about learning. I'm about like learning different cultures and learning, you know, different ways to do things. And I think this is going to be a fantastic experience. Oh, that's, that's, I, I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about your podcast, which you probably do strictly in English, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's been strictly English. <laughs> <laughs> so what led you to starting a podcast? I mean, were you just bored figuring, okay, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta kill this pandemic boredom with something, uh, why not just start talking? Like, what what led you to the All, all Ball podcast? Man, that right there. I was bored during the pandemic, and I started asking myself, "Hey, uh, football's like ended right now. Well, what, what are you gonna do? You know, if football's over forever." I'm like, man, I've always wanted to get in the media. Always kind of like the media side of things. You know, I had a couple of role models growing up that were in media, so I was like, "Okay, how do you get into that?" Okay, I'm like, "Okay, everybody is on Zoom. Everybody's at home. You know, let's." Let's start a podcast. And I was also missing that interaction with, you know, teammates, you know, guys in the league, you know, just, you know, the football and sports. I was missing a lot of that because so I was like, okay, no better way to start your post-playing career than, you know, start a podcast, start talking to people, get those reps in so that once I'm done playing, I've already built up all this, you know, kind of work, you know, on the, on, on the back end so that when I'm ready and done playing, I've already, you know, have a lot of little experience talking to people, talking to players and, and, you know, and, and things of that nature. So that's pretty much why, you know, had the time, you know, was bored, missing the guys, missing the conversations in the locker room and uh, that's, and then thinking about my future. So all those things together led me to start my, uh, start my podcast. Yeah. Cool. And I've, I've noticed that you've, you got, you've had quite a couple of some pretty cool guests on so far, but who's the one guest that you haven't been able to get yet and you want to desperately? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, it's funny because during the pandemic, literally everyone was so bored. Everyone I asked was like, yeah, sure, I'll come on, right? So uh, it hasn't been anyone that um, that I, I haven't gotten on. But I think uh, Alfonso Davies would probably be one that I probably want to desperately get on because his story is unbelievable. I know you guys know the, the Canadian soccer player mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. uh, playing in Germany right now for Bayern Munich. And, you know, he... I don't know if you guys know the story, but he was like literally a refugee uh, in, in, in uh, he's originally from Ghana, um, but he's a refugee in, uh, in Africa, moved to Edmonton, 
Um, you know, made a professional soccer team at the age of 17. He was playing the MLS at 17. And then Bayern Munich comes and buys him, and he's just, you know, having a lot of success right now. So I think that's a guy that I would love to have him on because, you know, obviously he's Canadian and he's doing big things on the world stage. So that's probably one guy I can think of right now um, off the top of my head that I definitely want to get on. If you guys can help me with that, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could make a couple of phone calls. I'll see what it can work out for you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, I'll, sir. Our, our people will call your people. We'll, 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 make, some, we'll make something happen for you. Yes, sir. Let's do it. <laughs> what is the, um, speaking of the, of the podcast, of all the interviews that you've done so far, what is, uh, who's the person that you've learned the most from or, or you, something you learned about them that you had no idea about? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. This is a good one. Um, yeah, Jose Batista, I had him on, and I, I, you know, you get this image, you know, from the media, right? Guys, you know, you, you know, you think he's one way, right? And I was, I had him on, and he was like the one, of the coolest dudes I've ever talked to. It was like almost like, like I've known him for years, right? And it was, it, it was interesting because it, it, it reminded me, it's like never ever go into an interview or interaction with you know, preconceived notions, mm-hmm. right? And it's like it's like it couldn't be further from the truth or how they try to portray him in the media. I'm like, that's, that's, that's just another reminder is like always, always keep an open mind about everybody. Cause I do, he was one of the coolest dudes I had ever talked to. Um, you know, just making jokes. He showed me his back collection, showing me his glove collection. I'm like, man, this is more than asked for. I just wanted to, you know, to talk to you, but you went above and beyond. Right. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. And they just, another reminder of, you know, just always keep an open mind. Yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, you have to give a plug. Where can they find? Where can they find uh, your podcast? Well, obviously, all ball podcasts. You can find it on um, uh, on Apple, uh, Google, wherever you get your podcast. You just type in all the all ball podcast, and you can find it. Um, you'll see a caricature of me uh, smiling with a football, basketball, and baseball. Uh, yep, yeah, that's you find it anywhere, everywhere you get your podcast. Very good, excellent. So. Just, just to wrap things up, and say, uh, obviously, get, just getting on the field, I think, this year is going to be the ultimate goal for 2021. But uh, beyond that and beyond winning a great cup, what are some of your personal goals this year for your first season with the Alouettes? Okay, uh, that's a great question. Personal goals. Hmm. Personal goals, like I mentioned before, would be, you know, better my friends. That's their, their personal goal. But our field goal would be, bettering my season last year, you know, uh, having a better season. I like, guess always my goal every single year. It's like, what did I do last year? I need to be better because if you're not trying to be better, you, you're getting worse. So that's uh, definitely a goal I have is, you know, better my season. Um, uh, the previous time we played, um, obviously chemistry-wise, you know, get on the same page with, with VA, uh, do anything, everything the coaches ask me to do. Um, obviously the CFL is, you know, the small rosters on CFL, right? So guys have to be versatile. So whether it's special teams or they need me to be backup kicker or whatever, right? Whatever the team needs um, to be able to, you know, play at a high level, I'm there for it. Um, and try to, you know, do whatever I can to get the team over the hump, right? I mean, this team has been, you know, slowly rising. And I think even with or without me, it, they're going to continue to rise, right? But what can I do to help, you know, help that process along, right? So, that's that's what I'm looking forward to to this year. You know, obviously, 2020 was a strange year. You know, and, and our goal obviously is to see you on the field, to be able to be in the stands to see you on the field, and like for Cliff and myself specifically to be able to meet you post game. Um, 
Mm-hmm. We we welcome you to Montreal, Nate. We we wish you the best. And obviously, as I said, we hope to be able to see you play in 2021 and to show why the coaches and staff brought you in to be a wide receiver for the Montreal Alouettes. I appreciate that, man. Trust me, I am looking forward to the same thing. I think all the CFL fans um, and players, staff, everybody is looking forward to getting on the field because, you know, you truly never know, you know, what you have until, until it's gone. And, you know, for a year of not having CFL football, it really hit, man. It really hit home. It really, it was, it was terrible. It was, especially when we saw all the other leagues playing and, you know, not missing any time, it, it hurt even worse. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm hoping for the same things. Um, hoping for, you know, to get a chance to meet you guys. Um, hopefully by the end of the year, if you guys meet me, you guys could, you know, see that my French has improved <laughs> and, uh, hold me to hold, hold me to it. So yeah, no, I'm excited to meet you guys and, and, and get it rolling and, you know, add into the, the already, you know, fantastic team that's on the rise. Yeah. So whether it be um, June, May, or whatever date that the training camp starts, again, we wish you all the best, and uh, uh, we hope to see you on the field. Thanks, guys. Stay safe, and uh, I appreciate this conversation. I, uh, it, it's been really fun, and uh, I, I look forward to meeting you guys. Um, Cliff and Tim, uh, thank you so much for having me. want to thank Nate for, for joining us. Um, it is, you know, to be able to get to know a player before we actually get to see him on the field, um, it, it, to me, it's it's one of the things I love most about the CFL because the, you have to, you know, we yes, we got him as a free agent. He is a national receiver, but we got to, we got to get to know him somehow. And I think that's that's probably the best way to do it. And that's, that's what we did this week. Yeah, definitely. And the, the fact that uh, he's a fellow podcaster as well, I mm-hmm. think really really spoke to us as well. So, I mean, they, you can tell that he was definitely interested in getting to know us and, and speaking with us and sort of kind of help bridge that gap, if you will, to like himself and being a member of the Alouette. So I, I can't thank Nate enough for taking some time out this evening to join us. And we definitely appreciate getting his insight on things and learning sort of the process, if you will, of him becoming a Montreal Alouette. So I'm really excited to have you all listen to this and also to just to see Nate actually take the field as a member of the Alouette. Yeah, so exactly. hopefully that's going to be coming sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Before we get to the XF, uh, XFL stuff, there's a couple of things that we had talked in the table before, but you and I had talked, had, had we had known about already. I just wanted to get your your thoughts on it. Um, we did find out, uh, uh, when did I find out? I found out uh, earlier, I think it was late last week, that Vernon, I think it was reported in the newspaper also, or on social, but uh, that the uh, that Vernon is going to be hosting uh, 10 Alouettes wide receivers in Oregon for a... An unofficial mini camp, a pickup game, a something that's not sanctioned by the CFL or the CFLPA. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I was going to call it a training sesh, but you know, yeah, training, that, yeah, yeah training work. session. Um, but I do know that uh, he he invited ten wide receivers from the Alouettes, and uh, we don't know all the names uh, of all the ones, mm-hmm. but we do know that that Nate was what was not one because of him being in Canada, but it, it's. Um, to the wide receiver that I was talking to who was invited, uh, he, he goes to me, well, why? 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 Yeah, I said, you're lucky. You're lucky you're going. He goes, why, why, am I, why, why am I lucky? I said, well, you were asked to go. 
you know, you, you're a rookie wide receiver for the Alouettes and you were asked to go. I mean, it could bode well for this wide receiver. I, I would say it would bode very well. I mean, let's not forget, like, these are all American-born receivers yes. that are going to be attending this. I mean, let's anyone think that people are trying to jump the border or anything like that just to get a, a, a training session in with uh, Vernon Adams. I mean, believe me, I'm sure Nate and any of the other, you know, national receivers would, you know, easily jump at the chance mm-hmm. to go and get some honest-to-goodness reps with their quarterback. But, unfortunately, travel restrictions being what they are still, it kind of does limit uh, who all is going to be able to go to this uh, impromptu session with Vernon. So, as, as a result, uh, so a lot more of the veterans and a couple of the rookies that have been invited are, as you know, American-born players. So, they're going to get a chance to learn. They're going to get a chance to sort of get to understand and appreciate some of Vernon's methods as well as working with the other receivers mm-hmm. as well that know that they'll be lining up with when training camp does get underway here in yeah. Montreal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is just a golden opportunity and it's unfortunate that the national receivers won't be able to get that same one-on-one time. Uh, but I mean, again, it's no fault of their own. It's just, like I said, just the, cir- the circumstances that are still prevalent as far as, uh, you know, dealing with COVID-19, like it kind of, you know, puts a, puts a damper on things, but I mean, they, these are all things that are just out of control as far like out of their control, I should mm-hmm. say. So, I mean, hopefully they'll get an opportunity to work one on one with Vernon as well to sort of get that same sort of feel of working with their quarterback as well. I, I'm, I'm really hoping that some way, somehow they can make this happen so that uh, pretty much when train cap starts, regardless of when it starts, that everybody can be more or less on the same page. Yeah. Um, also, uh, it, it was something that was kind of hinted at in, I think it was a BC Lions uh, interview with their general manager. I think it was their general manager. Uh, but it was something that was expressed to me also in a conversation that I had with somebody. Um, but from what it looks like, when there is a season and when fans are allowed in Percival Molson, it looks like that for 2021, season ticket holders will be getting priority to having these seats, whatever the percentage is that are allowed in Percival Molson. Uh, for the home games. Um, mm-hmm. So I would not be surprised, Cliff, if uh, most teams in the CFL did the exact same thing based on whatever the, you know, the provincial governments allow. Um, but at, at least there will be fans in the stadium. And it, it does, you know, for me itself, obviously, I, I will get to see at least one game this season, depending on, on how they're going to make pick and choose when it comes to letting fans in the stadium. But uh, um, I, I, I think that when they talk about potential losses this year in 2021, that that may obviously that is the reason why, because these tickets have already been paid for, Mm -hmm. you know, no extra revenue is going to be coming in. Yeah. And uh, I I think fans, if they're not on board already, as far as being season ticket holders go, I mean, if this is, this might just be that little extra incentive to want to be a part of it. But then again, there's still so much, uh, uh, not necessarily confusion, but I guess just uncertainty as mm-hmm. far as just what provincial regulations are going to allow as far as allowing fans in stands. Like, obviously, we're not going to have 20,000 people in Percival Molson Stadium. We might only get like 5,000 and it'll be very well spread out. I mean, that that that's very much a realistic thing and something that we just may have to accept if we want to see Canadian football this year is you may not be able to attend the game or unless you're a season ticket holder. And even then, it still may only be luck of the draw. Like, there's just still so much uncertainty right now. And that's a little frustrating. And I can understand why some people may even be waffling as far as do I 
do I stay committed to the team? Do I, do I, you know, do like, what do I do? What do I do in this situation? It, it's, it's very, it, it's complicated. There's just no other way to put oh, it. It's, it is. It, it is. And, and it's, and it's, you know, it's kind of screwed up some other things too. You know, you know, the Alouettes announcing, was it December? Was it before our final, final show or after a final show, you know, about them, uh, not having season ticket holder cards this year for season ticket holders, everything's going to be done digital. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to do it through the through their you know through your ticket manager app on your smartphone, and, and that will be the only thing this year. So there won't be a season. It, nothing will be there to show that you were a season ticket holder in 2021. But for to, for the times, it, it makes sense if they're able to transition back to what they normally do in 2022. Yeah, okay. You know, it's mm-hmm. 2021, just like 2020 will be. It'll be a it'll be a weird year, so to speak. But I think. If we can get on the field, whenever we get on the field, hopefully that'll all go away. Yeah, I think that's kind of half the battle right there is just being able to get in a season of some sort. And if you can do it with fan, some fans in the stands, you you almost have to take whatever victories you can in that sense. It's like something is better than nothing. We may only get nine games this year. We may only have, say, 5,000 fans well distanced throughout the stadium. That just may be it for 2021. And it's... To me, it's, it comes down to, well, obviously we want to see Canadian football. We want to see the Alouettes play. We want to see all the teams playing. And at this point, we're going to have to take what we can get. And all we can hope for is that as spring goes into summer and things are changing and vaccines are rolling out, and maybe that's what it's going to take for us to be able to get back to as close to normal as possible. And if that's the case, then you're, you're going to do what you're going to do. But... I'm hopeful that things do progress the way they have been, and I, I'm I'm trying to take this as positive as possible as far as to what's going to happen in 2021 for the Alouettes and for the Canadian Football League. So mm-hmm. there's still a lot of moving parts here, folks. There's still a lot of more questions and answers, if you will. But uh, all we can do is just you know stay safe, you know think positive thoughts, hope for the best, and just pray that everything kind of falls into place and we get some sort of football in some capacity in 2021. Yeah. Um, obviously today it was big news that totally dropped out of the blue. I think it was something that was uh, hinted at and then it dropped um, the CFL and the, and the XFL, the one that is uh, headed by Dwayne, the rock Johnson, uh, his ex-wife uh, and uh, what is it? Uh, Redbird, Redbird capital, Redbird capital. Um, announced that the CFL and the XFL are talking about a collaboration of some sorts. And that obviously set everybody off, especially those who are fans of the CFL and, uh, you know, the game that we have and the history that we have and um, what it may actually mean. And what was interesting about this announcement is that separately – the XFL stated that they are putting their 2022 start or restart on hold until they, I guess they determine what they're going to do, if anything, with the CFL. And that was interesting in itself also. I just, I, cause oh. I, 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 yes. I was going to say, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But. I don't know where to go with this. Um, I need to know what collaboration means. I think. And that's it, it. Even that is still sort of a vague term because collaboration could mean 
any number of things, really. Like a lot of people are sort of jumping the gun a little bit and thinking that, you know, the CFL and the XFL are going to merge to form some super league or perhaps they'll work in tandem and it basically become like the CFL will be like the northern division where the XFL will be the southern division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I mean, this is all way you're, you, you folks are putting the cart way ahead of the horse. <laughs> I mean, we don't know exactly what's going on with this, but one thing you will, you will have to admit is it's very intriguing to see the XFL and the CFL. Even just the idea of them talking to one another to me is fascinating. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, like you, you think about what uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his companies, uh, what what they do, pretty much everything they touch turns to gold. Yeah, uh, they understand marketing, they understand presentation, they understand putting the best product out available, and that's something that's been sorely lacking with the Canadian Football League. What's one of the more harrowing comments we've heard about the CFL over and over again? They do an absolute garbage job of promoting their stars. Now, I have to believe with with The Rock backing the XFL, those players are going to get that star treatment. And if that if they can somehow help that translate with the Canadian Football League and help them better market and promote their stars, to me, I see that as a good thing. And if that means we have to give some of the wealth and experience of you know, the Canadian game to the XFL to see and help them progress and flourish – to me, that's a win-win mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Like, I think as far as a partnership or a collaboration goes, I mean, I think there's a lot of avenues that you can go down that would be, I think, beneficial for not just the XFL, but also for the CFL. Like, I think both of them working hand-in-hand, hand, even if it's not a merger or they don't play, these teams don't play each other or anything like that, I think if they're just working in tandem just to sort of help each other learn and grow and see what each, uh, div- uh, I don't want to say division, say, but each uh, entity brings to the table – to you know, to to build towards the greater good. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what I'm really more intrigued about more than anything else. And I know a lot of people are concerned. They're worried that the CFL is going to have to change. It's going to go to four down football, or you're going to lose that all the things that make the CFL so uniquely Canadian and so so much you know like an alternate a true alternative to the the NFL. Again, you're 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 going way too fast. You're 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 you're. <laughs> You're way ahead of everybody else as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Like, it is far, far too soon to even entertain ideas like this. As far as I'm concerned, this is just the start of something, potentially. Where it's going to go, only time will tell. It's just way too soon to really sit down and figure out whether this is going to be a good thing or a bad thing or not. To me, I'm only trying to see the positives in this. And I, I definitely think there's a lot of positive in both these leagues working hand in hand and trying to see how they can basically – build each other up that's how i'm taking it as as now i mean again it's still very early there's still a lot to go through but uh i really am curious to see just where this partnership i guess for lack of a better term between the xfl and the cfl i'm curious to see just where this can go and uh, randy and has already done his rounds he he did one with, with tsn sports center today he did one um he did the rounds on tsn radio and stuff like that and uh it's you know, uh, I just don't want the game to change. I don't think they should merge. See, I don't want them to merge. I mean, there's so many different variables. You know, they play in different time times of the year, different downs, different rosters, decides rosters, players on the field, field the field itself. You know, we, we saw how well the fields went with the U.S. expansion back in the late 90s. You know, mm-hmm. not so well. Um, <laughs> but... 
you know, there's a lot of information out there. I mean, supposedly, according to Wade Miller, Wade Miller, this is something that was on, on Three Down Nation. Uh, Wade Miller says potential XFL partnership is not due to the CFL's financial struggles. I guess right now it's really what you hear and how much of it you believe. Because mm-hmm. as you said, and so is Randy Ambrosia says this too, it's very early. But when you're trying to hype up a, a potential 2021 season, is this a distraction from the 2021 season? Or is it a planned distraction? Hmm. To get people talking about the CFL in a roundabout way. To talk mm-hmm. about how passionate the fans are about the game. Well, we're definitely seeing a lot of that so far, especially on social media. Oh, like, no this is, almost everybody has an opinion on this. And good, bad, or other, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, I mean, it's it's definitely got people talking. And I'm talking people on both sides of the border as well. Like Even the NFL Network had talked about... Uh, this this potential news, this potential partnership or collaboration, whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh, did like, they? Interesting. Oh yeah, they they mentioned it as well. A, a lot of uh, NFL types of uh, it's it's on their radar now too. So I mean, it's not just a Canadian thing, if you will. Like I mean, this is now it's kind of that global reach that Randy Ambrosi has been talking about. I don't think this is quite how he had CFL. I don't know. Would you call this CFL 3.0 at this point? But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But. Uh, the thing is, people are now talking about the CFL, and if that means they got to talk about the XFL to go along with it, I mean, listen, controversy creates cash, right? right. You know, any publicity is good publicity. I mean, that's kind of how you have to take it at this point. So I'm, again, I'm, I'm just really curious to see how it's all going to play out, and I'm, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of a wait and see type when it comes to this. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm not going to let it get crazy or anything like that. Like, I'm not going to think that, uh, the rock is coming to Percival Molson stadium to lay the smack down on people or anything like that. But, uh, although I admit that would be kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> uh, to me. I, I'm just curious to see where this is going to go as far as partnership collaboration. Uh, I, I'm curious to see just where this goes. Yeah. And as I said, that's, that's really all that we can do. Right now, it's just it's talk, it's speculation, it's just words on a press release. It's it's Randy Ambrosi saying the exact same thing probably in almost every every interview that he's currently doing, just in a different way. Um, I don't know. I, I just I, I don't know. It's I said I, I want to get back to the 2021 season and and we'll we'll go from there. Um, but as I said to me, hearing that the XFL put their their 2022 season on hold for the moment, to me. Right now, that is the most eye-opening thing about this whole situation. Yeah, the fact that the the wording they used was it was almost contingent on how things progress with the Canadian Football League. That to me was very telling as well. Yeah, I don't know if that's kind of like a, a like a safety thing, like a security blanket for them in case uh, things don't go the way that they had envisioned the twenty twenty two season to go. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, this as far as I'm concerned, this is just another wrinkle added to the mix, if you will. <laughs> no so. No kidding. I mean, it, it's it's definitely interesting. Like I said, it, it's getting people talking. And if if that's what if that was their end goal was to get people talking about the XFL when this league is not even scheduled to play in 2021, guess what? Mission accomplished. You got people talking about the XFL and in conjunction with the CFL. Holy crap! You can't buy that kind of publicity. No, no. and as I say, that that's it's you know it, it was just something planned just to get it out there. But anyways. 
you know, we talk about things that come and go. You know, the XFL is looking to come back. Um, we found out late uh, this afternoon that we are actually losing another member of the Alouettes family to retirement. Not just John Bowman, but we're also losing somebody else. Yes, indeed. Uh, our running back, uh, our well, for years, he was our running back, Tyrell Sutton. And technically would have been our running back again, uh, even with the addition or the re-addition of William Stanback after his uh, his foray, brief foray into the National Football League. Uh, Tyrell Sutton had signed with the Alouettes in 2020. Uh, we were excited to have him on the podcast last year to talk about that. And it was during a happier time before COVID-19 hit. And he was so excited to be able to get back on the field and be back as an Alouette where he belonged as far as he was concerned. But uh, with the lost uh, 2020 season and with still the uncertainty that's going on in 2021, uh, Tyrell has decided, you know what, it's it's time. It's time to call it a career. And it's it's a little disappointing because, I mean, I got nothing but love for Suddy. I mean, he's always been great with us. Uh, I love talking with him after games. And I was so happy that he at least got a chance to play in a Grey Cup game in 2019 with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh I think it would have been cool to be able to, for him to be able to get that Grey Cup ring finally and just put a, a nice cap on the career, but it just wasn't meant to be, unfortunately, for Suddy. Uh, I, I I know he's he's a Montrealer now. He's he's been living here full time. He's, he's now starting a family here in Montreal. Uh, hopefully, he stays around. Hopefully, he's still part of this team in some way, shape, or form. But uh, for him to decide to call it a career, uh, I mean. I'm proud of him for kind of going out on his own terms. Uh, it may not have been the way he envisioned it. I don't think it was definitely the way we envisioned it as fans to see how Sonny was going to, you know, essentially announce his retirement. But that's just the way things are nowadays. It's just uh, crazy times all around. And uh, once again, we we appreciate everything that Tyrell Sutton has done for Alouette's Nation. Uh, we definitely wish him all the best in retirement. And uh, still hopefully we'll see him at uh, Percival Molson Stadium in some way, shape or form. Hmm. The new, the next newest Montreal Alouettes ambassador. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. 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 You could do worse, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um. Before we we finish up the show, uh, and the season six premiere, um, I, I think we wanted to just try to talk on what we want to do for for season six. I mean, we are going to try, as Cliff mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to try to do as many shows as we can um, leading up to the season and then during and beyond, uh, no matter how many games it's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. We're here to try to get you as much Alouette content as possible. Um, and uh, that that's our goal. It's always been our goal. Just last year itself, if you look what we did, it may have only been 14 shows in season five, but still, we, we try to get as much information out to you as possible, so... And just, yeah, to, we, just, just to have fun. Yeah, that's the thing. We want to entertain. We want to inform. That's always that's been our goal from day one. When we started this podcast six seasons ago, that was our goal was to just talk about the Alouettes, entertain you all, inform you, you know, get you know, kind of let you all learn about what's going on here in Montreal and with his football team. And even though the circumstances right now are still just as crazy as they seemed last year. Uh, I, I I like to think we've definitely st- we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. as far as this whole you know 
pandemic situation goes and you know i'm i'm remaining as hopeful and optimistic as possible that we are going to see cfl football in some capacity this year and that that's got me excited that's got the juices flowing as far as i'm concerned yeah. uh, free agency getting new players into the mix and i'm really curious to see how those guys will take to the field and how they'll look in Alouette's colors and how they'll perform with the players that are already in place right now. To me, that's what counts. That That's what's important more than anything else is to get actual football played somehow, some way. We may not get all 18 games in like we want. Uh, we may only get like, you know, a shortened season. We may not get as many fans. We may not have that same fan experience that we're so used to. And um, we were starting to get reacclimated to in Montreal, but as, a, as far as I'm concerned, something is better than nothing. If it's a shortened season, so be it. If you can only have X number of fans in the stands, so be it. Yeah. At the end of the day, I just want to see this football team, this league, get back to playing. All the other major sports leagues were able to play in some way, shape, or form in 2020 and in 2021. There's, As far as I'm concerned, there's no reason why the CFL can't do likewise. Yeah. And that's what I'm excited about, especially with this podcast, is me and Tim coming together entertaining you getting some great guests on the show talking football getting excited about football again that's the goal here that's that's the one thing we want above all else Mm -hmm. we've got a new logo got a new outlook hopefully we're gonna have a new season to talk about things and we just want you guys along for the ride yeah simple as that Uh, along with new along with new beginnings for the 20 you know with the the 2021 broadcasting season season six uh, we have some new ways that you can listen to the podcast. I mean, yeah, you, you can listen to us over at alowitzflightdick.ca. I mean, okay. Apple Podcast. Oh, okay. You know, Google Podcast. Okay. Stitcher and Spotify. Yeah, they seem like old hat. But, you know, mm-hmm. now there are other ways that, that you can listen to us. If you head over to iHeartRadio or to TuneIn, you can also catch the Alowitz Flight Deck on their podcast services. So that's huge. Yeah. Essentially, folks, it, if you listen to podcasts, if you whatever form you want to use to listen to a podcast, chances are you'll find us there. Just search Alouette's Flight Deck and more than likely you're going to find us there. So please download the episodes, share them with everybody and tell your friends, tell everybody who loves football. Hey, there's a great podcast out there you got to listen to. It's called the Alouette's Flight Deck. And let me tell you, folks. We're excited. We're excited to see what the future holds for us as far as this season and beyond uh, to be able to expand on these new forums, these new platforms. I'm excited for that as well. It's all about getting the word out, folks. I mean, that's that to me is crucial more than anything else is just getting out there, presenting what we have, informing you, entertaining you, talking about football like we know that we can do. And we at the end of the day i don't care how you listen to us we just want you to listen we want you to enjoy it and we want you to be a part of our our team so to speak hey cliff you like merch don't you hell yeah i like merch everybody loves merch well if you guys want to take a sneak peek at uh, what the new alouette's uh, flight deck podcast store looks like uh where you can get almost anything and where we hope to preview some of the some of the merch very soon on social media but if you want to take a peek at what we currently have available at the, uh, that is available. And if you want to uh, get a small discount for those of you who did stay to the end of the show, uh, if you head over to teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck, and if you use the code Flight Deck through March 31st, you will get 10% off everything in the store. 
So that's teespring.com slash stores slash owls flight deck and use the code flight deck for 10% off. Also, if need be, if you aren't sure what the link is, you can head over to alouettesflightdeck.ca and the link for the store is also there. So I, w- I will also be putting it out on Twitter as well, which you can always follow us at Alouettes FL deck. Yep, that's correct. But because you did listen to the show, we wanted to at least give you a little bit of a reward for listening all the way through. So you guys get first dibs at this uh, discount code and we will let everybody know else know in the coming days. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great stuff on there. A lot of really interesting, fun stuff to to partake in so if you want to help show us show us the love for the podcast i can't think of a better way to do it than than to do that you're like, getting you know, follow us up. yeah you're getting this one item cliff that i really want to see you in i'm not going to say what it is because that's coming very soon but i really I really want to see you in this one item i really really oh, yeah. do <laughs> uh, believe me I'm, I'm excited too like i mean we've like well i looked at all the stuff that was available and you know being made for us i'm like holy crap this is this is huge this is going to be amazing mm-hmm. so i'm yeah. i'm beyond excited to see it i can't wait to it's one thing to actually see it on a computer screen but to actually have it in your hands or on your person or oh, however it is on, I yes, mean, on your body that's all i could say yes al's flight deck merch oh, boy yeah. we're, we're we're shilling let's go and we thank <laughs> we thank yeah. you guys for joining us for the season six premiere of the alouette's flight deck we will speak to you very soon, so stay tuned to social media, and we'll let you know when we're uh, when we're going to be uh, coming back at you. So for everybody here at the flight deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.